Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodhi, and I am your host. And uh, we're going to start doing things a little bit different. You're going to shake up the show a little bit first. Uh, I spent quite a bit of time, between three and five minutes, talking about the things that I liked and uh, just kind of about my week in general. Uh, I thank the Patreon supporters, and I did my Patreon pitch. We're going to change things up just a little bit. We're going to get right into the show for now on and see how that works. I don't want to turn anybody off that might come to the show and hear just hear me talking about my day or my week and then decide, you know what, I'm not going to listen to this guy. So we're going to do that. Uh, that's a little bit different than normal. Also, this week we have Jessica Kirsch on for her Kirsch rant, and we talked about full self-driving, and we talked about her SpaceX trip back down to Boca Chica to see SN10. It was a really good chat. I enjoy having Jessica on. And if you didn't know, she is a regular guest host once a month. So, so exciting to have her. And our Patreon exclusive content this week is the news. <laughs> just the regular, just like as if I was going to do a regular show, but then, you know, you get the added bonus of having Jessica Kirsch on. So for all the Patreon supporters, you get to listen to the news. For the non-supporters, you get to listen to Jessica Kirsch. Now, Patreon supporters get to listen to the news and Jessica Kirsch. All right, one more thing before we jump into the news. I don't normally read reviews on the show, but <laughs> Michael took the time to contact me on Twitter and said, hey, I just left a, a, a review on Podcast Attic. I hope it helps, which is incredibly sweet. So I went to Podcast Attic, and I looked for the Kilowatt Podcast, and I read the review, and this is how it starts. I was told that my five-star re review would be read on the air. Also, that there would be punch and pie, future Cybertruck owner sucking in all of the Elon-adjacent media I can <laughs> get my ears on. Greatly appreciate your unique perspectives as a firefighter and from Arizona as a, and cyber enthusiast or cyber enthusiast. Uh, it's a nice break from all this hand-fram Model 3 and S angles. Not that Ride the Lightning is not a great show. Uh, show. It is. It's a great show. Uh, Ryan does a great job. Former Spotify, current Google Podcast listener. I only downloaded and joined Podcast Addict to leave reviews. Cheers, Michael Lee. Michael, thank you so much. <laughs> so so nice of you. And it was a, it's a very cleverly worded and funny review. So um, I don't know if you're just taking that. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't, did I ever say that I would read five star reviews on the air? Cause normally I only read the negative ones if I read any, but it doesn't really matter because it was very charming. It was, I don't know, made my life, you made my day, Michael. All right, let's jump into the Kirsch rant. Sit down, put your hands in your lap, and open your ears. It's time for a Kirsch rant. Jessica Kirsch, welcome to the show. Hi, Bodie. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me back. Oh, I love having you on the show. I don't like, I keep saying we should go through these and we should just record our conversations prior to these. It's ridiculous. Be 
Um, but yes, so just in case anybody was curious, we covered the Puritan uh, life that we live in the United States versus mm. Europe and yep. Australia. Yep. Uh, we talked about communes yes. and uh, growing up in small communities in the Midwest and Alaska. What else Under did we rock? chat about? Yes. Under uh, a rock. Let's see. Um, freak <laughs> flags flying. Yes. Wait, your, yeah. Let your freak flag fly. We we touch on all kinds of things. We uh, yeah, no. I priced out a Model Y. We talked about your t- oh, your Cybertruck. Uh, Starship pieces. Oh yeah, I didn't finish. I got to. Burp, burp, burp. Oh, okay. At once I see the price, I'm like, this is dumb. Why am I continuing this? It's just going to make me feel bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you get real close to sixty thousand dollars without much effort on that <sighs> Model Y, especially with. Yeah. Full self-driving prices. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start with that. Cause I want to talk about your trip to Boca Chica to see SN 10 finally land and then ultimately explode. But oh, yes, where do so you cool. think we're going to fall in terms of the price of full self-driving subscription that we're going to, I think next month we should hear about sometime. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, Freddie, I don't know. Um, I I was trying to kind of just break it down in my head. So if the current price is $10,000 for, is that like a, does that include unlimited over the air updates for the the life of your vehicle? Um, Mm -hmm. It's non-transferable, right? Or you can, if you sell it yourself, if you sell it to Tesla, there's a really good chance that they're going to pull that out and make you buy it again. I don't understand. When they resell it to somebody else. Oh, okay. I guess. Well, so I don't know. I, I I would assume it's a couple of hundred dollars per month. Wouldn't you think? Well, I have, I have counter thoughts because I, I've heard on a lot of different podcasts where they're like, this is going to cost at least $200 a month. And my general thought is it's going to be between $89 and $149 a month Wow! because, um, pulling out my calculator. Okay. I like this. There you continue. When I, when I first figured this out and it might be the numbers might be altered, but it was based off of $7,000 for full self-driving. Right. But over 10 years time at $89 a month, you're at, over that um, that price range, right? You're over that seven thousand dollars for the full self driving and Tesla's money ahead. Yeah, you're right. In the case of a hundred, when then that's what brought me to one hundred and forty nine because they need to make it not. It's only like eighteen hundred dollars over or something like that. I'm doing thirty six eighty. Thirty six eighty. Okay. Yeah. So it's not. It's not. They need to make it a better deal for Tesla. So at $149 over 10 years, which is, I think the average is like seven years. People keep their car, but over 10 years, cause it's a Tesla and they're really expensive and you don't want to be buying one every new, every uh, couple of years. I think that puts it at a price that makes the most amount of sense as 149. And Elon mm-hmm. said it would be cheaper. He said this last week, it would be cheaper up front, obviously in any case, no matter what the price is, right. it'd be cheaper up front, but ultimately the better deal would be buy it outright. Right. So I think that's where we're at in terms of, I think 149 is the top. I think 129 is more possible. I, and and I think it's gonna be now that you say that, you know, and then the Starlink subscription is $99 a month right now. Mm-hmm. I feel, yeah, those numbers sound about right. And as I did that pricing, seventeen thousand eight hundred eighty dollars for one hundred forty nine a month. That seems like a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but the eighty nine dollars per month sounds. You know what? I think that it should include insurance. Oh, you know what? That is a very fascinating. Like, mm-hmm. if you do Tesla insurance, yeah, it's just. I think it should include it. insurance because the car is driving right now. As far as I know, correct me if I'm wrong. Full self-driving beta people, when the car is in, um, engaged, they call it because they call it when you take over disengaging, which Elon calls an error. He doesn't want you to have to disengage, right? Any input by the human driver um, 
should result in an error. And um, so the least amount of disengagements possible is ideal, obviously. But when it's engaged in full self-driving mode, anything that happens, Tesla is responsible for. I believe that's what I, I read. Huh. Um, that would be a good question for like Earl or Nick that write that down. Yeah. I don't know. I've never heard that, but it might be true. And uh, it's in terms of when the autonomous, I've heard a lot of conversation on Clubhouse about the fleet, the people's thoughts on the autonomous vehicle fleet and uh, whether or not how all that's going to work and, and such. And it would make sense if it's on an operating system that is, you know, created by Tesla, if something happens, unless it's the other driver's fault, right? I feel like Tesla should build that into their pricing if they haven't already. I don't know. I could be really behind on that. No, I think that's a really, because like the, my personal opinion is that if Elon thinks that this is worthwhile, like it's going to save people's lives, I don't think you hold that hostage. Mm -mm. I think that's a bad look for the company and for him as a, a person that's promoting this as something that's going to save people's lives. Mm -hmm. You can't have this only for people who are rich and can afford right. it. Right. But if you, and I don't know if Tesla is interested in this, but the idea of bundling this in with Tesla insurance in some way, yeah. and they're expanding Tesla insurance to, I think, Illinois, Texas, and Washington. Oh, I didn't know it was already at in. They haven't done it yet. Okay. They're, it's either Illinois or Wyoming or something like oh, that. Okay. I talked about it last week. I can't remember. But if they were to bundle, that would be really them being putting their their um, money where their mouth is if they bundled it with insurance. I mean, of course, they, that's going to take time for them to roll it out to each of the states. But, yeah, but not that uh, much time. the rest yeah. of the world. Yeah. But that's actually, that is, you just blew my mind. Right <laughs> I actually hadn't thought about it until just now. But I do know that Stephen Mark Ryan did a video. I actually haven't seen the video, um, but I do know that his most popular video of 2020 went viral was titled Tesla insurance or something like that. And he was like, what of all things, Tesla insurance. So and now I'm, I wrote that down. I want to go back and watch it and see, cause he's pretty, he's very forward thinking in my opinion. He's, he, um, he's got his head wrapped around, Real estate market, uh, you know, genomics, stuff like that. Um, what is what is genomics? Oh, Bodhi, I've, I've had people explain it to me recently. It'll blow your flipping mind. <laughs> I don't want to miss, miss explain it. But as far as I know, there's – you've heard of like the test tube baby kind of uh, discrepancy or whatever like in China where they can manipulate – certain genetic components of people mm -hmm. or, um, you know, there's like, Oh, you mean like, like, um, like designer babies. Yeah. And I think okay, this I goes it, in like a, a direction that's not related to like the aesthetics of, of a, a human. I think it's more like if they're able to isolate the gene for cancer, some kind of genetic mutation for cancer, like breast cancer runs in my genetics, I actually have to schedule a mammogram. Um, and if they can isolate that gene, it could be something as simple as like Neuralink placed into my head or something that they could stop the reactors or whatever that causes that, like before it even starts or something. But it's a whole mm -hmm. genetic, the ability to isolate certain mutations i guess so it'd be like dna modding yeah instead of like body modding or whatever yeah it would just be all internal stuff you can't see yeah something something along those lines and that's just a, a broad description um uh callum in the tesla twitter community on clubhouse he talks about this company called crispr mm -hmm. and um yeah, he always mentions CRISPR and kind of explained like a broad, you sh he should give you his, what he told me about it. It was very fascinating, but 
Apparently he's that's like the, the future. Stephen Mark Ryan is a big, he's an investor in Tesla and long, and then he's, he also, um, invests in ARC, ARC genomics, ARC genomics. Those are like his two. This is not financial huh. advice. We are not financial advisors. <laughs> Please do your own no. research. Yeah. I've, I've, I've learned, I've, I've, I know a little bit about CRISPR, not a lot, uh, just through tech stuff that tech people talk about, ah. but that's interesting. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. Okay. This is not uh, technical advice or medical advice. Nope. Not medical. Investing. Nothing. We are not doctors. We are not. So, um, what I actually had, John, oh, let's get to one other thing you mentioned. You mm -hmm. are a reservation holder for Starlink. How excited are you for that? I'm really excited. I, uh, I really just want to be able to put it in my front seat and drive with it. And I think that it's close to that capability. Last week, they just announced that they filed paperwork with the FCC for you to be able to do that, that very thing thing yes. from a moving vehicle it's only a matter of time before it, you know we're putting cox out of business or he's putting cox out of business or people are like well fiber but but this goes with you yeah no like i i, I mean until it reaches speeds that beats my home internet up Mm -hmm. and down right because we get gigablast where i'm at That's and i think you do too too, right? but it, it never is consistent yeah, it, there's, there are times, but I think some of that problem, there are times when it's really slow, but I think some of that might be my Aero routers because they're the last generation, not the newest generation. The newest generation allow for that speed. Oh. But I'm not going to spend another $700 no. on Aero routers mm -hmm. for my house. Uh, cause I just upgraded them in August. So, but, um, yeah, it was right now, right before they came out with the new ones. Mm. But, uh, yeah, until they can do that, it wouldn't make sense for my family, right? But mm -hmm. it makes total sense for my father-in-law who wants to spend a lot of time out of his RV. Mm -hmm. Like he's going down to Tucson, he's going to the eastern Arizona, that kind of thing, and going doing all these hikes. It makes yep. total sense for him to do it. Yeah. Um, and you, because, I mean, in the last two months, you've traveled God knows how many miles. Yeah. It, it would be really great to just set it. And then uh, somebody asked if... Uh, the capability or they, they could come up with a smaller dish, like a, I think he said like one inch thick or something that was mobile. And he said, sounds like a good idea. So if it could be a portable version that, you know, I could put in my backpack and just, you know, set it out on a table that that's a game changer for working from anywhere for everybody, you know? Um, well, Yeah. Not only streaming, but you can also, like, we, we mentioned that uh, when you got back from Boca Chica, which we're going to talk about here in a second, mm -hmm. like, you you were exhausted, but you just had to get all of that uploaded, yeah. and you don't have a reliable connection No, just hanging out <laughs> in the, the RV park, yeah. so you, you have to wait until you get home to get all that stuff uploaded and edited and stuff. If you could do that during your downtimes... That's, that's a game changer for you. Yeah. It, it just would make the whole, the whole experience not, you know, like I would lose service when I was driving. That's a little, un, you know, discomforting, especially when it's night and I'm in hill country in Texas. But I knew it was only temporary. It would come back eventually. But to not have that worry and know that I could pull off at some rest stop and, you know, just put my shades up in my car and do some uploading and stuff and then keep moving, I probably would have stopped and taken a, a lot or taken more time to rest if I, you know, because I, I was a hurrying to get there. So I knew I could like start uploading and shooting content and stuff like that where I had connection, but that would completely change everything. <laughs> so yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Like you, you, so let's talk about your trip. You decided you went to SN nine and that was a little bit of a bust because they didn't uh, launch while you were there, which was a bummer. Yeah. And then you decided to go back for SN 10, but you stopped in Austin. Yes. Uh, overnight. And yeah. So SN 10, um, the flight date 
typically for SN9 and SN10, the flight day, obviously it moves, right? And, and typically gets pushed back, which in both cases, both of my drives to Texas were blessings for me because I was planning on just driving straight through 19 hours plus six stops, I think, because I tracked it all and uh, did all my mileage and average miles per gallon and all that stuff to just kind of see, you know, because I would go 60, 70 miles, and there'd be no gas station. And um, yeah, so I just needed to make sure I wasn't going to run out of gas and blah, 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 blah. But sorry, what was the question? Oh, I stopped in Austin. So SN10, I was pulling out of Phoenix. I just hit the 10, headed towards Tucson on my way back to to South Padre Island, Boca Chica, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, for the flight that was scheduled the next day. And I was on Clubhouse, and Jessica Meckman said, hey, do you hear uh, Everty Astronaut said it's going to be pushed another week? And I was like, what? What? And everyone's like, oh, you can turn around. You're not far. And I was like, no, 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 I'm going. (laughs) I'm going. I'm going to stay as long as I need to. And so um, knowing that it wasn't going to go the next day, uh, I decided, okay, well, it's only three or four hours or whatever out of the way that I would – I drove to from – I spent the night in Tucson in the hotel parking lot that I actually stayed at this summer in that hotel – Slept a little bit and then drove from Tucson to Austin, which I think was 14 hours. It was, it was a long, it was, I was dying, not dying, but like I was running on empty when I cruised into the Tesla Gigafactory that's being built where the Cybertruck is going to be built and produced and the Model Y as well. It was like 1.30 in the morning. They will not let you go anywhere near the property. You have to park across the highway and then go up the ramp and um, you can stand in this little part. And anyways, it was 1.30 in the morning. I was so exhausted, but I wanted to be able to shoot some kind of video because the weather was kind of, it was really foggy. And I, I was like, okay, I'm going to wake up tomorrow. It's going to be gray, foggy. I'm not going to be able to see the building, which is exactly what happened. But so I, um, I got there, I pulled off on like a highway off ramp or whatever. And I did a live stream and was able to see the size of this factory. And it's only a seventh, currently a seventh of the footprint of the final building. It is massive, Bodie. It's massive. It's so big. Like, when you compare it to like phase one, amp one of the Lucid Motors building, how would you compare the two? Like, which one's bigger? Are they about the same size? You can't compare them. The Lucid Motors building is one fiftieth. I'm not joking. <laughs> right now, Lucid, how it stands. Wow. This it's enormous, and um, there's 4,500 acres. Tesla owns. And I've recently heard that they are also SpaceX is going to be having or going to have a manufacturing facility there in Austin. I'm assuming it's somewhere Mm -hmm. on that property. I've also heard a Starlink facility, some kind of assembly or production is going to be there. And then I can only imagine that they may build some kind of housing or some kind of um, community. I would think um, I'm sure they're already buying up houses all over the place for employees and such, but it's um, it's going to take Austin. Austin's traffic just from my experience was a nightmare. <laughs> oh no. It was, I mean, it was, it was bad. And the toll roads, they have variable pricing, which is very conflicting. I'm waiting for letters in the mail on how much my tolls were. So does it matter what time you go? I, I what couldn't time you run through the. I time, spent two the, hours on their website trying to configure it because I live cash only, right? So I, I was thinking I could like go up and like put cash in and then keep going. No, it all comes in the mail. 
<laughs> so um, that was interesting. And the Gigafactory is right off of the toll road. So navigating that and yeah, it was, it was crazy, but it's very exciting. Um, I, I could, I personally feel that he's moving the production out of California and is going to be doing almost all of it. If not, I could see them closing down Fremont in my opinion. Yeah. It's a very big possibility in terms of how expensive it is to operate in California, just as a, not all the other California problems that they have, but just in terms of just the, the amount of expense it is yeah. to, to operate in that area. Cause I mean, a, a, a studio apartment is in the, you know, $2,800 to $3,200 a month, which is more than I pay for my house. That's crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. Did When you were at the Cyber, uh, or when you were at uh, Giga Austin, would, mm -hmm. was it wrapped? Did they have the skin of, uh, like, the Cybertruck? Have you seen pictures of it recently? Okay. So I'm going to send you I didn't a, see a any. Text. Yeah, I didn't see any vehicles. Um, there was crew working 24 hours, though, no doubt. And there there were, I think, 13 cranes that I counted. It It is, it is, I can't even explain how much more enormous it is in person. Like, I see the flyovers, right, in the drone footage. But I actually have, a like, a video. It's just a quick, like, minute and 30, and it's nighttime, and it's through these trees because I ended up parking across the highway in a neighborhood on a side street dead end. That's where I backed my the Kirsch Kona up. And that's where I slept that night. And out of my back window, I could see the lights and the steel and the cranes. And um, it's just a quick video that I shot with my Sony of part of the facility because i couldn't fit the whole thing in the frame and this it's what i think that elon made a really great i mean that is a very solid it's right by the international airport there it's crazy and i know tesla or texas has its own set of you know challenges much like california has mm -hmm. you know it's expensive to live there well texas doesn't have income tax so there oh really yeah no no state income tax which you would think would be a reason to live there but apparently the property taxes are through the roof mm -hmm. and so that you can get priced out of your neighborhood you could buy a house and then not be able to afford your property taxes you know because they raise or whatever and then also sure. the toll roads and the from my experience on driving in texas roads they are not the best maintained in my opinion. Oh, you know, when, when I was little, my grandma lives in Texas outside of Dallas and the freeway was always great when I was a kid, mm -hmm. but the roads around her house had, they were paved, mm -hmm. but they were not great roads. Mm -mm. I mean, not even a little. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, it was, which makes sense. You know, if they don't have, in, if they don't have taxes coming in from certain places, they're not going to be able to concentrate on that infrastructure. But I think that Elon and this pump of the economy, he said in the Joe Rogan interview. Oh, I'm sorry. My ringer is on. Uh, that was me. Oh, okay. The Joe Rogan interview that he thinks Austin's going to be. Wow. Is that it? Yeah. The, the cyber factory is. Wow. angled to look like the cyber truck oh my god that's was. so flipping cool wow and then they got those little panels on there to make it look like the cyber truck. wow that's so so cool they it's so cool and it's such a beautiful location there's green and austin looks like a really cool town that's the first time i had been there i didn't get to go like into the city or any of the arts district or down by the river walk i'd like to see that stuff oh that's so neat thanks for sending that to me yeah wow you have a friend who used to live in austin and he was like it's ridiculous expensive to buy a house even outside of the city yeah and then uh they finally bought one and then he got a job back here in arizona and mm. he was like well i guess i'm selling my house 
Right. But yeah, it took them a long, it took them like almost a year and a half, maybe two years to find a place that met their needs, but they think it also afford because it is spendy to live there. Yeah. I uh, immediately pulled up Zillow and Realtor.com on both phones, you know, when I got there and I was like, okay, because all I could think dream life, you know, Jessica goes in a dream la la land as I'm sleeping across the highway from Giga, Texas, where the cyber trucks can be rolling off of the production line. Can you imagine being able to photograph that and document that on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. That would be dreamy. So I was like, well, what if I could one day buy, you know, a house? And I looked up, it's like 1,100 square feet for like $450,000. Yeah. Like, no, this isn't, isn't going to happen. Unless I go in with yeah. like eight people, this isn't going to happen. Yeah. No, no, it's true. It's, it's, it is very expensive there. Yeah. He said it's going to be the biggest boom town in the next 50 years is what he said. You just watch. Yeah. Well, that, that same friend that bought a house there, he was probably like 40, 30 to 40 minutes from where he worked. Mm-hmm. He, and I've never been to Austin, so I can't tell you mm-hmm. what it looks like there or anything. But it was it was funny because um, as much as he complained about having to buy a house there and how expensive it was, he he's now looking to buy a house in California because he works for Blizzard. We talked about oh, Blizzard oh, yeah. stuff earlier. Okay. And um, so we're, we're chatting and he was like, yeah, he's like, I have to, he's like, I can't get anything that would fit my family. He has two girls and his, him and his wife. He's like, and it, he's like, this is a crappy house. And it's like, it's $750,000. It's insane. Like minimum. Yeah. And like needs yeah. updates or upgrades or has mold. Or- oh yeah. You know, he, he's like, it's a, it's a garbage house for $750,000. Like it's, it's going to need a lot of work. You know, real quick on that topic, Callum, whom I've met through Tesla Twitter on clubhouse. He is, uh, he lives in Northern Ireland in Belf- Belfast. He's 29 and he owns two properties. You know why? He says that properties in Northern Ireland are so cheap. He says that his combined mortgage on both properties per month is 400 US dollars. Wow. I, two properties. I would two. consider moving to Ireland. I was like, oh, oh, oh. So it, I, I mean, the government just must regulate that, right? Our government's like, no, oh, have at it. You know, just raise the prices. Who cares if people Free can't market. afford it? <laughs> That's what foreclosures for. Anyways, right. I could go on and on about that. But no, no, we're we're running for another one of those. <laughs> so we didn't from learn the last time, Austin to Boca Chica, it was six and a half. And when I say Boca Chica, Boca Chica is where the SpaceX launch. No, sorry. SpaceX build site, they call it, which is the high bay. I'm sure you, um, you've you heard the high bay talked about, the mid bay, mm-hmm. which is where they store the prototype uh, starships that are waiting to go. You know, they just move them around, basically. Move them around, move them around. I just figured they're in like a six pack. Like when you go buy a six pack of beer and bottles of beer. That's you would think, right? Like. You just like, you just pull one off and then just go. That's pretty much like they they have it. For not having infrastructure, like indoor infrastructure, really at all, they've got tents, like permanent tents right now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You'd think it would be a little further along. Well, they, oh, if you, you, Bodhi, there's so much that there's so many people working in construction and, um, Let's talk about Starbase, city of Starbase, okay. Texas. Yes, because I asked you on Twitter, what is Starbase? Because you, you were cruising around watching these solar roofs be put on, yeah. and I didn't have a very good concept as to what Starbase was. Well, so when I think when you asked me, I had just seen the tweet from Elon that said, creating Starbase, Texas. And I was there at the build site. So they call it the build site, which is where the high bay is and the mid bay. It's about a mile or two miles down the road or maybe more to the launch pad and the landing pad, which are next. They're on top of one another. Okay. So they launch. It comes down. It explodes on the landing pad, which is right there. Fuel farm. Everything's there. But they have them separated strategically, right? So you, if it explodes, it doesn't. Anyways, uh, so I was sitting outside of the build site. 
that tweet comes up and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, this all makes sense because I had just driven down Boca Chica, like the main drag. It's one street, one street, and it's just two rows of, there's a row of houses on either side of you, right? One street. And there's all of these Tesla, they're wearing Tesla hard hats, white hard hats with the red Tesla logo, Tesla energy trucks parked outside of all these homes. So SpaceX has bought up basically all of the houses except for, I was talking to Boca Chica gal, Mary, whom is an incredible woman, by the way. Um, I got to meet her and that was, you know, Boca Chica gal, right? She's Mm-hmm. She's she's a legend, and she I don't even think she really has any idea how much of a legend she is and how valuable she is, but she's the sweetest. Um, yeah, anyways, she still lives there, and I asked her, so how many of your neighbors would you say haven't sold to SpaceX? Because they've offered, right? They want to buy up all of it. And, um, and I think she said there's a total of seven left. And I don't know if that's like couples in one house or if that's individual houses. Cause there are not that many houses on that street. There's maybe 30 total. Both set. No, maybe there's, yeah, no, it's a small street. And so I saw the tweet and I drove down that boulevard and I saw construction crews all over these homes, like multiple homes in a row Every home, they're on top of it, putting Tesla solar roof tiles on it and renovating. And uh, some of them had already been finished being renovated. You know, they have those cool numbered address signs on the outdoors. Mm-hmm. Like they're very modern and sleek and um, they're creating a city. And I immediately was so – this- sorry, what were you saying? Oh, to to clarify, because is it, this is just a small section of Boca Chica that Elon wants to call Starbase, and is this just for employees of SpaceX, like for affordable housing? So this is all speculation. I have no okay. idea. Um, just being there in the moment, though, when he released it and the timing, and just seeing all of the construction, it looks like they're putting infrastructure in for suburban development outside of Boca Chica. Uh, So Boca Chica is, I call it one street, Boca Chica village, one street. Now there's seven homes that are still residents for now, right? Uh, The rest is all SpaceX and I'm assuming it's employees, all that stuff. They also have like a little Airstream community or resort or whatever. Cult. Yeah, it's a little cute. I mean, it's just like a couple of Airstreams that have like little built out decks and stuff, which is is cute. Um, But I think in my opinion, when I saw the tweet, I immediately knowing Elon, I don't know him, but like his how he his brain works, I immediately said, "Okay, this makes sense. Here we go. Ready? Buckle up. Bodie, you ready for this? Mm -hmm. He's. Creating a city, not just a village or a town or a place just for SpaceX employees. I think he's incorporating a a brand new city, um, like filing paperwork and all that stuff, to officially have a city like a suburb, like a. I shouldn't say Phoenix because Phoenix is huge, but like Phoenix, thirty forty years ago or some thirty years ago, Phoenix started right. And then mm-hmm. now it's like suburban sprawl at the Wahoo, right? It takes an hour to get everywhere. But this, there's nothing down where Boca Chica Boulevard is. It's the Rio Grande, Rio Grande River, and then Mexico. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was driving, I got, took the wrong turn one day, wasn't paying attention, and was driving along the border wall for like <laughs> six miles. I was like, oh. I saw those pictures. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so there's a lot of room to work down there. And as there were surveyors, uh, it's a two lane road going in and out. It's like 14 miles. Once you turn onto Boca Chica, two lane road surveyors and like, they're going to widen the street. It's clear. Um, and then there were property, they were digging up a lot, they, you know, sectioning out 
lots, like house lots on the Bay side, in my opinion, it looked to be like suburban housing development. Like I could, and then maybe there'll be a strip mall and shopping mall and a target. And I could see this turning into a place like a a, a city, (laughs) like a SpaceX utopia. Yeah, it really. Yeah. Okay. So (laughs) yeah, it's, what are the chances that Elon brings a bunch of dirt in, some of it excavated, excavated from these houses, mm-hmm. and builds this he's massive hill, and then puts his house uh, like a castle on top of this hill? You know, what are the chances? I could see him. I can't see him building a castle after I've heard he sold off all his stuff and he's like going minimal, right? But I think that Elon, like ten years ago, yes, he would have totally done that. He definitely, in this whole Doge thing, I could see him putting, like, meme statues everywhere. And mm-hmm. uh, He's already built outside of the, the Boring Company. He's already got the guard tower. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Did you not know? No. Like, the, they have a guard tower in California in the little section where they do the Boring Company. And then they some guy won a contest and they paid him to be, the the like, the castle guard for, like, two days or something like that. <gasps> I mean, I could see him like building his an apartment, like a sky loft or something apartment on top of the high bay or something and being like the mm. the king of the land. I could see that. Yeah. You know. Or like making a proto a starship prototype town or something where it's like a high-rise housing or something cuz it's it's literally nothing on both sides of Boca Chica Road driving down for 14 miles. It's swampland. Uh-huh. Or swampland, I should say. It's if the water were high, it would. It's just sand, you know. It's like wetland preserve, mm-hmm. and so there. It's just an. It's a blank slate, and I think it would. Elon, you know, his brain's probably. He's got it all planned out. It's just like as he executes and slowly releases information. My brain was just going wild being there at that moment when he released that tweet. And I like look around and I'm like, okay, they're putting, you know, I worked in engineering for a couple of years and used to do proposal writing like for big construction projects. And I, you know, I can tell piping, I can tell some electrical, like I can see things happening and there's just... I literally just started looking outside of my windows and I'm seeing like ants, like construction workers just everywhere. And it's like, okay, yeah, he's serious. Like this is, this is happening. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. Um, We have a vacation scheduled like in July Mm -hmm. and like we thought about going down there, but then it's kind of difficult because of COVID and it's right before the kids go back to school and all that stuff. So you should go Bodie, look me in the eyes. You should go. You should go. This is history. Like, this is. But I want to go down if there's a, only if there's a launch scheduled. Because there's no point in driving my family that far down. In July, uh, he plans to go orbitable, orbital, orbital with Starship in July. It's March. Orbital. He's going orbital by July. So yeah, we'll see. It's not just me. <laughs> like, if it was just me, right? Mm-hmm. I might, I would probably just book a ticket and then I would meet like Brad and Sierra there, mm-hmm. and we'd hang out and and chill out. But I, I, I let me tell you this: the South Padre Island. Have you been there before? I have not. It's lovely. It's quaint. It's charming. It's it looks lovely. It's islandy. You know, it's island time, and the beach is beautiful. It's huge. Not the beach that I was standing on live streaming. That beach is just like a rocky, fit dead fish thing right there. Um, not always like that. It just was a weird tide. Uh, but on the other side, there's actually a 24-7 live stream that you can watch by S. Padre on YouTube. S. Mm-hmm. Padre. And you can see it's like the beach is huge, like miles, and it's wide, and it's a really great vacation spot. I didn't realize yeah. Texas had nice beaches. When I was a kid, we used to go to Texas and my, like I said, they lived in, uh, outside of Dallas, but we, we would go to the beach quite often. Uh, yeah. Cause my, my, uh, my aunts and stuff would take us out there and yeah, 
like amazing beaches. And uh, but it was a lot of a, it was a very long drive from Dallas to get to the beach. Well, yeah, I would recommend it. But, I would say if you it's a thought in your mind, go for it. I would. I would. Yeah. yeah. There's a very good chance that <laughs> my wife's sneaking in to get something off the printer. There's a very good chance that, you know, we would go someday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if we'd maybe make it this summer. But so there, you've heard about the um, launch platforms or the oil rigs that Elon purchased and mm-hmm. is converting to uh, offshore. So that is going to be the regular launch and landing in my opinion, they're going to start doing it offshore so they don't have to do all those road closures all the time. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's going to be happening. Like the first two platforms that they bought are being transformed now, but I think that there's going to be many because he said something years ago, but, uh, like hundreds of flights per day, he wants it to be like an airline travel kind of thing. And yeah, I don't know how much longer it's going to be go- they're going to be launching from land like the prototypes it makes sense. You know, they build it on the land, they roll it to the launch pad, they launch it and then it explodes or whatever. But once it lands, they'll dismantle it and then probably reuse parts. So I don't know. I don't know. It just if if you go and the launch doesn't, there'll be launches. They're launching like every two weeks now. Like it's insane. There's static fires. The roar is insane. You feel it. Your whole body, you put your feet in the water, you feel the vibration. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like my kids love space. Uh, my wife's a science nerd. It's not as like, I just think with COVID and two kids right before school, it adds complications that, we wouldn't be able, like, if something happened or there was an exposure or something like that. Like, we already went through my kid. We thought my kid was exposed. And, like, I had to take off Monday or Tuesday. And then we didn't know if he could get to school today because we didn't have a, 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 a thing. So exposing the kids in the class. This is, like, there's a lot of. I'm just saying, Texas. Well, when I was there, the Texas, I don't know how you feel about this. And I don't know how I felt about it. But they, the, man, the mask mandate is no longer statewide. And that's, that's exactly what yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, but you just stay away from people. <laughs> yeah. You know? Have you been have you been to Sholo? Like, we went to Sholo in January. I actually have never the, been there, no. Oh, it's beautiful. But the, the, mask in, the masks in Sholo, this is kind of a side jag, but the masks in Sholo is, is few and far between. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I think, I think we're going to get there. I just don't think it's going to be this year. But that it makes is me something sad that we want you. to do. I'm serious. It makes me sad for you. Anybody that says we'll get there, like they, yeah, I just want, I want everybody to see it before it's enclosed in a building or offshore. Well, even if it's offshore, it's not that offshore. I mean, people all around Florida see that the space shuttles launched in. Yeah, but they're being launched from the ground. Yeah. Not the middle of the ocean. I'm just saying. It's not that far. Just saying. I mean, as, I don't know about South Padre or the areas that they have these platforms, but when I was in, in Alaska, mm-hmm. like my grandpa we and my uncles worked on the platform. So we would drive them to the helicopter pad and then they'd take off from the helicopter pad and you could see them go. I mean, if it wasn't foggy, you can see mm-hmm. them go from the helicopter pad to the platform. Hi, Stella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it um, sounds like, it sounds like, yeah. If you experienced it, it's one thing, but to, to, to try to explain it to people, I can't, like, I, I can yeah. only explain it to the extent that like, I'm not, I was not even a space nerd until I saw my first SpaceX in the sky cross in front of me here in Phoenix. That's, oh, you, that's you when like I was Starlink. interested because it was real. I saw it. I saw the stage separation with the glowing and the. Oh, 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 yes. During that test in California. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my first experience with SpaceX. I knew of Elon. I knew of SpaceX. I didn't know they were connected at that point, maybe a little bit. I saw that and I was like, what is this? I need to know more. Yeah. And there was a long tail on that too. It was the coolest thing. 
And I just happened to be driving to a friend's house that night. Like, and I looked up. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, and there's lots of things that I'd like to do, but. If it's not a priority, it's not a priority. I feel shamed. Remember when we said that there's no shame and everything's okay as long as it doesn't hurt anybody? That's true. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'll stop pushing. I just want everybody to see it because it's just. No, we do want to see it. And actually during the time that you were, you were out there the first time, that was one of the things that my kids were learning about space and stuff like that. So we watched, uh, we watched some of the videos of SN9. Um, I was like, I have a friend there, maybe the launch and I never did. Yeah. But then, so another thing, cause we have very short memories in terms of news, but you went there like the week after the storm. Yes. So not only did you have to contend with um, the storm, but also there was still a lot of places where the gas pumps weren't working. Nope. No power or no gas. There were a lot of stations, right. no gas. Driving by signs that were turned off. I was like, what? it took me like seeing six of those signs to be like, oh, they don't have any gas. Yeah. No gas. And um, highway lights were flickering. Uh, there were the rest stop, yeah, or the rest stop restrooms, you know, you'd go 200 miles and there'd be rest stop. They were locked shut because of the water, the boil mandate. Oh, so that, that was a challenge. Um, I, before I left Phoenix, I stopped at Fry's and I, I brought, I bought 18 bottle, one gallon jugs of water. I'm still going through them. And Every night that I would sleep, I had to move them from the back where I would lay down to the driver's seat because I couldn't fit all, you know. So it was like a moving back and forth thing. But I'm glad I brought all that water. I had no idea if they were going to have water or if I was going to be able to shower. Um, thankfully, that far south, they were affected for three days at the campground. No power for three days. The friend's RV lot that I stay on um, – uh, they are completely off grid. So they have solar. They didn't even know that the power had gone out. Oh, nice. But then there were other people, other RVs who are still in the grid that, uh, didn't have power or water. Or, uh, but by the time I got there, the, they had water in the bathrooms and it was hot. Which oh, was that's great. good. Yeah. That's all I asked for was warm water. Yeah. The, uh, every now and again, the hot water heater at the fire station goes out. Oh. <sighs> And like we're required, I mean, not that you wouldn't want to, but for cancer reasons, we're required to shower after every fire call that we go on. Oh, really? And uh, and there are times, man, like, well, the the if the engine gets back for the ladder or vice versa, mm-hmm. the that crew gets about half of a shower that's hot, and then the rest is cold. And then if you get in there after them, you're that's nothing. Like you, it's freezing water. It's all miserable. That sucks. There. Yeah shower is my sanctuary and hot showers that's where i regroup it's my meditative space mine too like i take very long showers mine me too yeah it's that's my space that's my space Mm -hmm. yeah so okay so there's a couple things that um i have here first you hit 4500 subscribers on your youtube yeah YouTube.com forward slash Jessica Kirsch. Thank you. Yes. K-I-R-S-H. Yes. That was so a big I'm deal. Very happy that you get that. That's pretty cool. Thanks, Bodie. And then you were on the news. We talked about that off camera a little bit, but uh, mm-hmm. it, sounds, yeah. it sounds like you were on the news. It was like you were on the news, but then bigger news happened. Bigger news happened. Right there, live. Do, am I skipping too far, or no. do, you, do you want to get to that point? Okay. No. Yeah. I, that whole day was so much sensory overload for me because it started in the morning. You know, I was up. I was up. At, my first alarm went off at four, and I'm not a morning person, so like I lollygagged around for like an hour and a half, and finally started moving. And they had the launch window open at nine a.m. or eight a.m. 9 a.m. And so people were already at the beach with, you know, setting up chairs. I mean, there were thousands of people that ended up crowding there for the lunch. But the first attempt was basically a static fire, which I've never seen in person. So they did a 
countdown, and I think it stopped at like 0.01 or 0.02, I don't know. Um, the delay from the SpaceX feed from the beach that I was standing at was about between 10 to 30 seconds. So we would be counting down and then they would launch before we hit zero because of that lag. And so it stopped, but I got to feel my first static fire because they launched the engines and then cut them, right? And mm -hmm. that roar and like the energy and and then wah, wah, you know, like, okay, aborted. So then they did a turnaround and Elon was on Twitter and said, okay, two hours, we're going to launch. And I don't know if they've ever been able to do it in the same day like that, but they were able to set it up, detank, refuel, do all that stuff, two hours, fix an issue, and launch again. Didn't, didn't they have some problems with the FAA for doing that? Was it that that they were having the problems with? So as far as I know, there's been all sorts of speculation for the SN9 uh, issues and the pushback from the FAA. Uh, when a Raptor engine is swapped out after a static fire as you know they do a static fire to test all the engines if they need to swap one out then they do and as far as i know uh, for sn8 they did a static fire on the prototype three engines had to swap one out and the faa recognized the swap out as a new launch vehicle just because oh, okay. it was one engine so they were supposed to reapply for a launch license as a new rocket vehicle not just a, a rocket with one swapped part and so um the fa didn't grant them a launch license but they went ahead with it anyways because it's elon and then the pushback with sn9 is that they had violated the terms and agreements of the launch license protocol so i think elon went he took to twitter and he made a statement as um, talking about how the FAA's guidelines for, you know, interplanetary travel or whatever is for one or two launches a year, maybe maximum. But this is something he's, it's like every two weeks they're starting to launch now. Mm -hmm. So the FAA needed, he lit a fire under their butts and um, was able to push once they launched FN9 or SN9, then SN10 was like two weeks later or less. Uh, so I think that he, that launch license reapplication thing probably just went away. Oh, it's interesting. I, yeah, I didn't fully understand it. And then we're on the, so Jessica and I are using a new software called riverside.fm to record. Yeah. And I only have an hour on the beta and we're already at 53 minutes. Are we really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So let's talk real quick yeah. um, about your, um, your interview because it landed while you were uh, discussing the the where while you're being interviewed by the local news media. Okay, so let me back you up. So, SN10 it launched, it did its belly flop, it reignited the engines, you know, reoriented, landed, but it landed hard, and I'm still not sure why something with thrust and propulsion, uh, landing legs didn't deploy also, but Elon said it was more than just the landing legs issue. They were crushed. So when it landed, it was kind of at a tilt. You could see it was landed on its aft flaps on the bottom, and um, it was sitting on the base, like the rim. But it was upright, and it was like the smoke cleared. We could all see that it was still standing, and the beach, everyone just went nuts. If you haven't seen that part of the live stream, you should watch it. And so yeah. about five minutes, we're all hugging, high-fiving. People are crying. Um, the news media, the local news that had been there pretty much all day, um, came over to me and, you know, asked if I, they could interview me real quick. And I was like, you know, still like adrenaline. So they're talking to me, asking me what happened, blah, blah, blah. And we're just finishing up. They're like, you're a part of history. And I was like, I'm a part of history. And then in the background, it explodes. It explodes. The rocket explodes. So... <laughs> Supposedly there was like a leak in the some kind of methane leak maybe and it just exploded. Like there were fumes and I guess it was on fire still when it landed because it landed hard and so 
I see it. I'm looking at my live stream on my phone, which is pointed at the, and I see the orange and I turn and it's gone. It's gone. Like it's just a poof of nothing, which was so cool. But I had to ask the kids around me. I was like, who saw it? Okay, somebody come on camera. Tell me what happened. What did you see? And people were like, well, it fell over and then exploded. No, it exploded from the bottom. So it was like all this discrepancy. But it was just like I saw a static fire and then I saw the launch and the land and then I saw it explode. And then, you know, all in one day. And this was my very first in-person launch. Like I couldn't have asked for a better experience. Yeah, no, that was, it was definitely a very, uh, it was a momentous time, right? Because Sierra and Brad were there for us in nine, but it, it crashed. Yeah. Right? It did not, it did not, it was not successful. This one was m mostly successful all the way up until, you know, it wasn't, but at least that it, landed. It did right? what so it was. Yeah, that was the number three on the list is, you know, the belly flop, the reorientation and the land, like stick the landing right. and it stuck. But it exploded. And with SN9, they knew. They are like, oh, it's not. Oh, oh it came down. Oh, and it's not. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's just not. And same with SN8. SN10. Yeah. SN8, yeah. the fuel was starved in one of the engines and basically ate itself. So it wasn't able to propel, propel itself back up. So, yeah, SN9 crash landing. And then this was like just like what every kid any every I'm assuming kid that likes excitement and explosions and stuff like this is just a dream come true all in one day. Yeah, that was exciting. I was screaming, and I don't, I don't want to cut you off because we're having such a good conversation. Yeah, I'm sorry. For those who don't know, Jesse and I talked for like an hour and a half before we even record this show, uh, just about random stuff. But we only have three minutes left, so okay. I want to give you time to plug everything thank you, you. want to plug. So what's your YouTube? What's your Twitter? What else you got? Uh, first of all, thank you so much for uh, having me on. Um, my YouTube is youtube.com forward slash, is that you call it? Jessica Kirsch, J-E-S-S-I-C-A-K-I-R-S-H. Uh, my Twitter is twitter.com forward slash Jessica underscore Kirsch. My Twitch is twitch.tv forward slash Jessica Kirsch. Um, what else is there? If you go to my YouTube, you go in the links in the description below, you'll see all my links. So, yes. And I have, I have a link to, I think, your Twitter and your YouTube in uh, the sh link show notes. show notes. So if you can't, if you don't remember, you can't find it, you just go to the show notes. Yeah. And I just want to thank you, Bodhi, so much for being such a support of my channel. You are, it's great to have a familiar face and, you know. Yeah, same. Yeah. Like you come on, we have a nice chat. Like it's, it's, it's honestly something that we do it once a week, but you're going to be on next week too. So, um It's something I look forward to every single month on, and i'm really happy you're part of the show once a month it it couldn't be couldn't make me happier honestly no so thank you so much and uh thank you yeah i think we're i don't i never know how to say goodbye so say goodbye uh, i think that's a wrap thanks for thanks for listening that's better than i could do thank you all right i want to thank jessica kirsch for coming on the show i really appreciate it Go to youtube.com forward slash Jessica Kirsch and follow her on Twitter, which is Jessica underscore Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H, same spelling for the YouTube. And I would love it if my audience went and, and gave some love to Jessica. Like she's very kind to come on and take the time out of her day to actually sit down and chat with us. And, and just kind of make the show better. So go to Jessica's channel, uh, show her some love. And then also, I should have mentioned this in the beginning, uh, we take the video from our interview or our chat, and then Jessica turns that into content for her channel as well. So if you want to watch this or you want <laughs> you wanted to watch this on her channel, you could do that. I don't know why you'd want to go through all that again, but you can if you want to. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you want to email me, you can email me at Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. My Twitter handle is at 918digital. My DMs are open. 
And if you want to support the show at $1 a month, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com and you get access to the Slack. You get the extra show because right now we're ending it for the non-Patreon supporters, but Patreon supporters stand by for news. That was my Paul Harvey, <laughs> my stupid Paul Harvey impression. It was terrible. Stand by for news. Anyway, I do appreciate everyone who listens and have a great week. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.